Welcome to Sophisticated Property Investing, a podcast brought to you by Ethical Property Partners, the experts in sophisticated property investment. Hi there, ladies and gents, and welcome to this episode of the Sophisticated Property Investment Podcast with me, Frank Flegg, your host and founder of Ethical Property Partners. So we have passed Christmas Day. We've eaten our turkey, we've had our relaxing few days. This is coming out on the 29th of December. So you've had your feet up on the sofa for best part of a week now. The kids have opened all their prezzies and perhaps you've gone out for a little walk. <laughs> perhaps you're doing a bit of exercise in the gym and you're, uh, you're pondering 2023. In this podcast, I'm going to share with you the five things that you may choose to do during this little lull between Christmas and New Year. I always used to think that the time between Christmas and New Year was like free time because nothing really happened and you never really counted the days. I don't know if anyone ever had that before, but I used to think they were, because I used to count, you know, you've got an advent calendar as a kid, haven't you, up until the 25th of December and then it's New Year's Eve, (laughs) except there's about five or six days in between and you're smack bang in the middle of those days at the moment. So, Let me run through the five things that most people won't do that will make the biggest difference to your year. I'm going to do them in reverse order because I think most people actually might do number five and none of the others. But number five on its own is absolutely pointless. And that's what people do. People do them in the wrong order or do the fifth one, but not the fourth, third, second and first. So number one or number five is taking action. And you're going to say to me, Frank, if I've got three, four, five days with no work, the kids are entertaining themselves with a new toys my other half is engrossed in xyz hobby i've not got work surely that's a brilliant time to take action and also frank you spend pretty much half your time on the podcast and the youtube channel telling us to take action so now i'm taking action and you're saying i shouldn't why not well the reason is twofold firstly Action without a plan is just activity. You're just running around in circles. And so this is what happens with people's New Year's resolutions. They're, oh, I'm going to get fit. And so they go to the gym on the 1st of January. And then they go to the gym on the 2nd of January. And then they're sore on the 3rd and they don't go. And then on the 4th, they're like getting out of the habit. And then maybe go once or twice in January and that's it. Oh, it didn't work. It's because it was activity without a plan. That's the first reason. The second reason is you're not in your normal routine right now. You're in an abnormal routine. It's like people that start doing new things on holiday and then wonder why they can't carry them on at home. It's because when you're on holiday, and a lot of us will be on holiday right now, you're not in your normal routine, which means anything you do is unlikely to continue. Like the last thing you wanna do is buy a guitar today and start learning to play the guitar because you're probably not going to find time in your normal busy life to carry on. I'm not saying you won't, but you're unlikely to without a plan. And so the fifth thing that 
you can do at this time, but only if you've done the first four, is take action. And absolutely do not take action without the first four having been done. The fourth one is education. Education takes time. It's very hard to cheat time when trying to educate yourself. There are hacks so you can listen to audio whilst driving or working out, etc. But you can't write notes while you're doing those things. And listening to audio is very hard to be specific. And what I mean by that is you can't, you know, fast forward a bit or go back and listen a bit without being active. And that's really hard to do whilst driving or um, working out or, or doing something else. Some of you might be lucky and have jobs where you can listen to audio whilst you're doing your job. But reading hard copy books, reading industry magazines, reading online, have to be really careful with that one, but you can do good research online, watching seminars, participating in seminars, all of that can be done during this lull. You can learn a lot. You can learn a lot by doing market research. So the houses in your gold mine area, what are they selling for? How has that changed over the last three months? How is it predicted to change over the next 12 months? I'm buying some portfolios at the moment and I'm having to do a lot of research on what's likely to happen to capital values in those areas over the next five, 10 years, because that's informing the offers that I make. We made an offer just before Christmas, last meeting of the year, actually, my last meeting of the year. I've actually put out a YouTube episode uh, with the vendor explaining why he sold his 32 properties to us. And that whole portfolio was purchased, is going to be purchased, we've signed heads of terms, on a control now, pay later strategy. And so the mechanism that we've used to secure that is an exchange of contracts, and then we will complete over a period of six years. That only works if you have a high degree of confidence in what the market might do over that six year period. Six years actually isn't that long in property. So education is the fourth topic that people do at this time of year and is definitely valuable. I'd probably say the most valuable is hard copy reading, so reading books. I'd say that's probably what, that's probably my go-to one. I find that really valuable because at this time of year, you have enough time to process and you can reflect on what you've read and you can apply it to your situation. It has to be quality reading though, and that's the difficulty. If you go to the um, website, www.ethicalpropertypartners.com, we have a reading list there. It's a hundred odd books that are quality books that you can buy and read with confidence they will help you with your property journey so feel free to uh, avail yourself of that so that's education and I, I mentioned doing some research in your gold mine area and that could be looking at capital values it could be looking at predictions it could be looking at rental values it could be looking at the historic trends of rental values if you purchase a home track report, so you can go to home track, I think it's about 30 or 40 quid for a home track report and just select a property in, in your area. It will not only value it for you, but it will tell you what's happened to capital values um, over a period of, of years, which is really, really valuable. So education is number four 
on my list. Now, you might be thinking, if Frank's not suggesting I do education first, and he's not suggesting I do take action first, what on earth can it be? And this is the problem. People don't know what they should be doing. People assume that they should be doing zone activities that so zone activities are non-urgent but important activities that they don't normally get time to do and that's absolutely right that is absolutely right but the zone activities that they should be doing not all zone activities are are created equally so number three on the list is writing a default diary and this makes me laugh this really makes me laugh because people struggle with this concept. A default diary is in a perfect week. Now, you can't write it for a year because your, your year changes. If you think about it, the activities you do in spring are probably very different to the ones you do in summer. You know, just even if it's just the kids' clubs, you know, they might be playing football in January, February, March. But come July and August, they're playing cricket or something. You know, just things change. The The day is longer because you've got more daylight. The weather's better, etc., etc. So I aim for a default diary every quarter which is only 13 weeks and the biggest objection I hear people say is well every week's different for me and yes every week is different for everyone very few people have exactly the same week two weeks in a row and certainly not 13 weeks in a row but a default diary is what would you be doing ideally in a perfect week that is a powerful exercise. You can do this on a bit of paper. You can do it on a Christmas napkin. You can do it on the back of a mince pie box. It's not hard. You need a grid um, and you put seven days of the week down one side and you put times along the top and depends how detail inclined you are. If you're an engineer or a software developer or an architect, then you're probably going to put it into... 30 minute intervals or one hour intervals so you'll have a lot of columns and if you're a less detail orientated person then you might just put it into morning afternoon and evening it really doesn't matter but what you're doing is you're saying in a perfect world next week you know when I go back to work whether that's the 3rd of Jan or the 10th of Jan or the 9th of Jan it makes no odds from that time onwards this is what I'm aiming for. And people are funny, they go, oh, you know, uh, if, if only I could work out every day. But actually, could you work out every day next week? Well, unless you're at a pretty high level of fitness, no. No, you couldn't. You're, you're going to really struggle because you're not fit enough. A friend of mine was going skiing for the first time ever. And my top tip, having skied almost every season for most of my life, I have missed a couple now with COVID and stuff, was don't go and do six hours on day one because day two you'll barely be able to walk and it really <laughs> ruins it and I've done that so many times you go and have a really good day skiing or snowboarding and then <laughs> you hit the apres ski so you, you don't give your, your body time to recover you've used loads of muscles you've not used for, for ages and people go and do a, a an hour or two at uh, the snow dome and they think oh yeah I'm, I'm back in it and no you did an hour or two and you stopped for lunch in the middle and you had a coffee so you actually did maybe like 10 runs or something and and then you go and hit it hard and do a whole mountain several times and so my advice was take it easy take it easy on day one 
and see how you feel on day two and then gradually build it up because overall you'll have a much more enjoyable time but you'll also get more skiing in over the course of the week it's a bit like um triple jump i used to I used to um do triple jump for my school and my coach um he was a pole vault coach he he actually coached me on pole vault vault pole vault easy for me to say but he did a bit of triple jump coaching with me not a lot and he said i can coach you just by closing my eyes and listening and i was like what he said do a jump i said okay so i did a you know did my run up those of you that don't know triple jump is a hop so if you put your right foot down you jump with your right foot but then you land on your right foot that's your hop and then you got to skip so you go from your right foot to your left foot and then you take off on your left foot and you're going to land two footed in the sandpit so it's a hop a skip and then a jump that's triple jump and you measure the entire distance i don't know if you have that in other countries those of you that are listening in other countries let me know if you have triple jump but he said he knew what I was doing wrong just by listening. And I said, how on earth? Like, you can't see my technique. You can't see what I'm doing. And he said, well, it's it's because there's a massive gap between your takeoff and the end of your hop. And then you're doing a really small skip because I was doing this massive hop. You know, my right leg was collapsing when I landed. I couldn't possibly get very far. So I was like hopping about a metre, metre and a half. I was a schoolboy, I was about 15, 16. So I was hopping like a metre, metre and a half. Um, my skip was about 50 centimetres and then I'd do a massive jump then because I'd recovered from the short um, skip. And what he said was, you have to get those equal. So don't go crazy on the hop. Go 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 long, but go controlled and then put in a really good skip and then an equal jump. And the difference it made, it added loads to my jump overall. I think it added like half a meter overall just to get the consistency and that's what people do wrong people go all in too quick so they think oh if only I could train every day and once you look at your default diary so once you start mapping this out you'd realize no I don't want to train every day I'm not fit enough I'm going to get really sore my body won't cope it's got to recover so actually your default diary for this quarter starting on January 9th let's say might be I'm going to go to the gym on a Monday morning I'm going to go to the gym on a Wednesday afternoon and I'm going to go to the gym on a Saturday morning and that might be plenty three times a week for 13 weeks and then of course you write another one for quarter two and then you might be doing it four times a week or five times a week um I've I've got it at the moment I've got tennis elbow on my right arm I, I can't believe I've done it I've trained weights for so many years but I was driving um funny enough I was driving up to meet that vendor on um Tuesday yeah Tuesday the 20th of um of uh, December I think it was and I just found myself rubbing my right elbow just just below the elbow and um I realized ah I've, I've overdone that that's uh, that's a tendon issue um, and I've had it before, but years ago, and it's just overuse. And I thought, God, how silly of me. And I thought back, I have really been going to the gym a lot more than my body's used to. And clearly I've not been differentiating the workouts that I've been doing. I've been doing too much on upper body and, and arms. And I just thought, oh, there's a note to self. And do you know the interesting thing? I train without a plan. I have my whole life planned. I have all my uh, challenges planned. I have all my work planned. And so I deliberately don't plan my 
gym work that I just do that for fun I just go there and I listen to audio and I do whatever I feel like but the danger with that is if you feel good and fresh and you feel like that on multiple days you might overtrain and I've done exactly that and the other the opposite is also true if you're feeling a bit rubbish and you're a bit low on energy I'm inclined not to go to the gym for a period of time and so yeah it was a real interesting bit of feedback we call it taps you know life gives you little taps and if you don't listen to the taps then you keep going further off track and you end up in a in a in a right mess and so I've I've noticed my elbow hurting and I've I've eased off done a bit more cardio when I have gone to the gym I've not done arms I've done legs or back or just cardio in the gym and stretching so your default diary is really really important and that's number three on the list you need to get balance across your week so when I say balance I'm talking about time with your family time with your friends working time time for you where you can recuperate and recover whether that's sleep time whether that's relaxing time if you love Netflix don't feel bad about loving Netflix but plan in your time watching Netflix don't leave it to chance and here's the danger there is nothing wrong with watching Netflix I'm just picking that as an example other streaming channels are available there's nothing wrong with watching TV But watching eight hours a day is probably not going to be conducive to you reaching your goals. And neither is watching half an hour once a week and feeling guilty about it. And this is the thing. Your default diary helps you to get balance, balance in your life Um, to to the extent of like, when are you going to do your shopping so you've got fresh groceries so you can eat really healthily? When are you going to exercise? When are you going to work? When are you going to sleep? When are you going to relax? When are you going to read? When are you going to do everything that's important to you? Um, One of my clients um, said that her goal was to meet a partner. And when we looked at her default diary, there was no time whatsoever for her to meet a partner. And I remember saying, well, how's that going to happen? Let's have a look at your week. Like, unless you randomly bump into someone in the supermarket or randomly, you know, you go meet an estate agent and you're negotiating and you suddenly realize you like each other, you're not really setting yourself up for success. Yes, of course, anyone can meet anyone in any area of their life and, 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 and hit it off and, and become, you know, a couple. But the chances of that happening if you leave it to chance are really low and it's a bit like living your life and not mapping any of it out it's really unlikely really really unlikely to happen by chance why not have a plan for it why not structure your life around it if that's a really important thing for you it's the same as making money if making money is really important then you need to plan for it if being the best dad or the best mum in the world or the best husband or the best wife or the best boyfriend or girlfriend is really important to you, then you've got to plan it. If housing the homeless is really important to you, there's no way we would have got over 300,000 nights now on the Stepping Stones project without some planning. Now that came from deliberate, focused action. So having a default diary where you have your perfect week that is balanced between all the priorities in your life really really important and it's an easy thing to do you could do it in about an hour or two hours sat on the sofa when the kids are watching the latest disney movie 
really really easy to get done and and it just helps you to stay on track now what people say their biggest objection is yeah but i can't follow it precisely because next week i've got parents evening and so all you have to do is you go well if parents evening is on wednesday night and you were supposed to be um whatever you were supposed to be doing going to the gym on wednesday night look at your other nights and swap it oh well friday night was cinema night you know spending quality time with the kids oh, okay well it's quality time with the kids you know going to their parents evening so why don't you take them out for a meal afterwards to celebrate the great parents evening and then friday night you go to the gym because you should have done that on wednesday now you've balanced your week your week's back in balance or perhaps you work from home most of the time but this week you've got to go to london on a tuesday and so you're going to get up early and you're going to miss breakfast with the family um but on thursday you're usually um at the gym on a thursday morning so what you can say is okay i'm in london this week uh, on on tuesday but on thursday guys i'm gonna have breakfast with you rather than you know daddy's pancake tuesday is actually going to be daddy's pancake thursday this week so you just balance it out and you might go oh but now i've missed the gym yep you have but maybe you take your gym kit and you'd go to the gym in um in london for example i'm going to plug an app here actually because i use it every single week i love it it's called hustle h-u-double-s-l-e so it's not proper spelling there's no t in it but hustle it's green like a neon green kind of color pea green kind of color and lime green that's how i would phrase it like hustle and um it's free to download and you can search wherever you are you can search gyms that have signed up to hustle and you can just buy a day ticket you click on the app they take the money off you it's anything from like four pound fifty a session for a you know a spit and sawdust gym in, in a basement somewhere and i think top price i've paid is 15 quid for a really nice um gym like a virgin or a nuffield health where they've got the whole shebang and you could spend the whole day there um but you can just pay as a one-off you don't have to be a member don't have to do an induction you just click on the app and when you get to reception you show them the app and uh, and walk in it's brilliant i use it loads because i travel quite a lot so getting a workout in to your working day is a lot easier so you might be thinking well i've got a gym in london well there's your answer and that's the thing guys once you've written your default diary you now know what you want to achieve in a balanced week and you can now work out how to achieve it and of course it's only for 13 weeks and don't worry if you don't nail it every week and don't worry if you don't nail it any weeks you're going to be closer to what's ideal for you than if you hadn't written it at all number two so we've got taking action number five we've got education number four we've got writing a default diary number three now we're getting to what you should be doing number two is writing an annual plan so writing a plan for the year, a 12-month plan. And again, it can be really simple. I tend to do it on a spreadsheet, but you could get, get it done on, probably you'd need an A3 sheet of paper. A4 is probably going to be a bit small because you're going to have between 8 and 15 areas of your life down the left-hand side, and then you're going to have 12 months across the top. And you're going to have to write in each box, probably a sentence in each box, or at least a few words. So you probably want to have... A spreadsheet that you know you can expand and then you put your rocks into that spreadsheet so the things that really have to happen during the year 
And this is where people go wrong. Think to yourself, what rocks do you think most people put into their year first? Yes, they put their holidays in. And what that says to your subconscious is holidays are the most important thing in my life. Well, if holidays are the most important thing in your life, that must make work really rubbish for you. Whereas I put in my work commitments, I put in my retreat that I'm going to do with my clients. I do my retreat. I'm going to do, I'm doing this at the moment. I've got my team. I've got quite a lot of moving parts in my various businesses now. So I've got several team members working on this at the moment, but we've got major events. We've got our conference. We've got our team retreat. We've got our uh, client retreat. We've got Yes, my holidays are in there. I want to put my physical challenges in there as well. I want to put in stuff that I want to do for me. I want to put stuff that I want to do with my family. It all has to fit in. And it shouldn't start with your holidays. That's Most people only plan their holidays. So they, they plan two or four weeks a year in massive detail. And the rest of the year, they just leave that to chance. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. But you've got the opportunity to change that now. You can plan it out. You can plan your whole year out. And being able to see that on one sheet and going, right, so I'm going to do... So for me last year, it was Hadrian's Wall. That was one of my challenges. Um, I failed at it. Well, I didn't complete Hadrian's Wall in a single walk. I uh, did just over half. And so, in fact, there's a podcast about that. I did it live. I did every two hours. I recorded a bit of the podcast. So you can listen to that. But I've committed to doing that again next summer. So that will go in my plan. I'll go in my annual plan. And this time I'm going to actually achieve it, which means I need to plan more. I need to train more. I need to practice more, etc. Um, I might even go up to Newcastle and walk the other half um, so that I've done the whole walk and I know the route a bit better because I'm, I'm sure I'll remember it better if, I, if I've done a part of the route in advance. So there's all stuff like that where... It's, if it's important to you and it's going to invigorate you, if you've got your own business, what are you going to have achieved by what stage in the year? If you're buying properties, what marketing will you have done? What offers will you have made? What properties will you have exchanged on, taken control of? At what point will you have raised all your rents? At what point will you have finished that refurb and start letting out the rooms in the HMO, etc., etc.? All of that goes into a plan. Now, a bit like the Netflix... You can enjoy your year more now because you know what success looks like. You know when you're on track. The number of people that will work 40 or 50 or 60 or 70 hours and still feel guilty that they've not achieved enough is massive. But that's a really unfulfilling way to live your life because you don't know what good enough is. Good enough is good enough, but when you're striving for perfection, it isn't nothing's ever good enough and that's the that's a real problem with I think modern life where everyone's told they need to get better and better at everything (laughs) fit more in get more done the 5am club the 4am club etc one thing I'm going to do next year is a silent retreat I'm going to do a 10-day silent retreat and that will never fit in unless I put it in in advance and make it a rock everything else fits around so that's number two which leaves number one on the list before i move on to one number one though 
let's think about this for a second. We've got a 12 month plan. We've got a default diary. So 12 month plan was number two. We've got a default diary. So we know what we're doing on a weekly basis. That's number three. We've got some education. So we've built our knowledge base, our skill base, widened our horizons. And we've taken some action. What else can there be? Surely there's only four, Frank. Have you added in a fifth one just to conform to the rule of people being more interested in odd numbers, which is a rule, by the way, if you look at sales um, copy, you'll notice it's like the three top or the five top or the seven worst, blah, blah, blah. It's always an odd number. Sells better. Same in um, graphic design and interior design. Actually, you never want four of something. You always want three or five. Anyway, I digress. Number one is the most important and so many people miss this so so many people miss this and without number one number two and therefore number three and number four and number five become almost worthless certainly far far less effective so what is number one i hear you cry a little over dramatic there you're probably thinking check it on with it frank Number one is to have your yellow goal sheet, which I have spoken about on the podcast before. But if you haven't heard me talk about it before, I've actually explained it in detail. And we've actually shared it actually on the podcast before. So we've actually given it out to listeners of the podcast. But in a nutshell, I can describe it for you now. Your yellow goal sheet is a list of the most important areas of your life, the same areas that you had in your 12 month goals your 12 month plan and that's usually between 8 and 15 areas of your life and then you write your 10 year goals for each of those areas so for example currently might be let's use that client that I spoke about earlier and she was single her 10 year goal might be that she has um, married and two children random example but that might be an appropriate 10-year goal it might be that you have you know currently you're carrying three or four stone too much weight and you want to run a marathon that'd be an appropriate 10-year goal and it's only by putting that flag on the map 10 years away so this is 40 quarterly goals this is 10 12 month plans and people underestimate what you can do in a decade tony robbins says this a lot he says people overestimate what they can get done in a day and a week and even a a quarter but they massively underestimate what they can get done in 40 quarters or 10 years a decade and By having those 10-year goals, and on the yellow goal sheet, you put your 10-year goals in, and that helps you to realize where you're headed. So if you want to run a marathon, that's very different to being able to 
lift heavy weights you might want to go into a weightlifting competition well the training you do in the next year is going to be really different if you're like at the moment um we've got the world's strongest man on the tv's just just been on and in fact it's in um in my hometown nottingham in uh next summer and I, a friend of mine was saying should we go and watch it and i thought god that'd be interesting see how big these guys are and stuff their training is going to be completely different to someone who wants to run a marathon And so you have to know what you're training for. You can't just say, I want to be healthier. Because what do you do? Do you go to the gym? Do you go and run? Do you cycle? Etc. In fact, right after this podcast, I'm going to jump on my bike. I'm going to cycle to the gym. And I'm going (laughs) to work out without using my right arm. (laughs) Which will be funny because I've got to rest it. But I know what physique I'm working towards. I've got really clear goals about that in fact they're so clear I have pictures on my dream chart of the physique that I'm going to end up with in 10 years time in five years time etc and so all of my activity moves me towards that 10-year goal and it doesn't matter if it's for relationships if it's for your business if it's for your leisure time if it's for your personal wealth your property portfolio your relationship with your kids it makes no odds what it is the car that you drive you have to know where you're headed and it's only if you know where you're headed that you know what direction to take the next step in and now you can probably see why I'm talking about taking action tomorrow being a mistake you're just going to take some pointless action you're going to be busy you're going to be on a hamster wheel because next week you're going to reverse and you're going to be running on the hamster wheel the opposite direction and the week after that you're going to be jumping on a different hamster wheel that's not even related but you're going to feel really busy and you're going to feel productive until at the in the cold light of day when you sit down at the end of the day or the end of the week or the end of the month or the end of the year you feel empty and the reason you feel empty is because you haven't gone anywhere You've just been busy spinning plates and it's so easy to do unless you have a yellow goal sheet, unless you have your 10 year goals mapped out. But your 10 year goals on their own aren't enough. You then need your five year goals. So once you know where you're headed, you can then say, well, in five years, if I'm on track, I'll be here. And then you can say what your three year goals are. If I'm on track for my 10 year goals, so let's say you want to climb Everest. Well, what might you do in five years time? You might go and climb a lesser mountain that's not the highest mountain in the world and has such a high mortality rate. You might in five years time have climbed three lesser peaks and you might have climbed one each year and they're consistently harder. And maybe the fifth one you've climbed with oxygen so that you're used to climbing with oxygen. Maybe you've hiked up and down from base camp a couple of times Everest base camp so you're familiar with the camp you're familiar with the um, altitude etc etc but what would three years look like well maybe you've done your first ascent into x elevation or perhaps you perhaps that would be three years I've hiked up to Everest base camp or perhaps you've started volunteering on a um Uh, in a climbing uh, outfit who also do Everest but you're going to support on other climbs for example and then what would it look like in year one well in year one and you might not actually do any 
um, climbing, you might actually just get fit <laughs> and um, learn how to tie knots in ropes and uh, get good at hiking as opposed to climbing. And then in year two, you might actually start doing some alpine climbing where you actually get in the snow and you get used to being really cold and you buy some of the gear you need. When you give yourself 10 years, and that would be reasonable, wouldn't it, to climb the highest mountain in the world, um, giving yourself a 10-year goal to get there would, would probably be reasonable. And it may be you don't even ascent it the first time. You don't even summit, rather. It may be you only go to, you know, you go through the, oh, what's it called? The Cumber Icefall. I think it's Clumber or Cumber Icefall. And you go to Camp 1. If I got that the right way around. Yeah, Camp 1 and then Camp 2 and then Camp 3 and then Camp 4. Yeah, so Camp 1 and then you uh, descend. And that's it. That's as much as you do in, in that year. If you have that mapped out, you're not going to go and do heavy weights in the gym because you don't want to bulk up. You're not going to go and run the Marathon de Saab. That's the hottest and some say the hardest marathon in the world. It's in the Sahara Desert. That's not going to really help you much with climbing Everest. You're possibly going to go and um, go hiking in the Scottish Highlands in winter. You might go do that and you might go and do an ex exhibition, exhibition, ex hmm, a trek, <laughs> whatever that word is, a trek up into the Scottish Highlands because that is taking you towards your goal. So having those goals mapped out and you can now see why you have to start with this because otherwise you're going to, the likelihood is you've got 360 degrees that you can go off in and you've got energy and you've got motivation and you've got potential and you've got value to give the world. But if you don't decide what direction you want to go in, the likelihood is you're going to go off in the wrong direction because there's 360 of them and you want to be getting, it doesn't really matter how slow you go. I've come across a lot of people in my life colleagues and competitors and friends who they go really slow compared to me but they're consistent and they're focused and because they just plod in the same direction without fail and sometimes they get setbacks we all get setbacks but they know where they're going so they just stand up and keep going they get there it's unbelievable and it's it's going back to um what Einstein said about the eighth wonder of the world, the eighth wonder of the world, Einstein said, was compound interest. Well, actually, it's compound anything. It's compounded, consistent and focused action. It's compounded direction in a consistent direction. It's taking one step after the other. It's a bit like walking Hadrian's Wall, as I mentioned earlier. I did 50 miles, five zero miles with next to no training. I'd done three hikes <laughs> in training. <laughs> I was just thinking to myself, actually, in, in doing my plan for next year, I'm going to do way more training and I'm not going to do it on my own. The risks are quite high. So I thought, no, I'm going to like recruit one or two people or try to. I don't mind if I, if no one wants to do it with me, but I'll recruit a few people. I'll ask them if they want to do it with me. Maybe include some uh, some wealth training along the way and that'll uh, entice people to, to, to come hike with me. But yeah, it's... How do you walk, like, actually thinking to yourself, I'm going to go and walk 50 miles now. My mind boggles at that, like, now in uh, <laughs> December when I haven't walked more than about five miles since then. 
but it's the cumulative effect of one step after the other. And there you have it, guys. You have my five top tips in order. So doing number one and then number two and then number three and then number four and then number five over the the Christmas and, and New Year break. And don't worry about it. If you don't get it done by New Year's, it's fine. Do a bit more in January. Um, if you're doing dry January, um, I, I, I challenge you, by the way, not to do dry, dry January. And you go, oh, why not? I thought I would. Buck the trend. How you do one thing is how you do everything. Stop being a sheep. If you're a sheep, you're going to be the average and look around you. Do you want to be average or do you want to be different to average? If you want to be different to average, go for dry February or go for dry 2023. I'm not saying <laughs> keep drinking alcohol. I'm saying don't follow the herd. Don't do it in January because it's easy. Do it in, well, it's a bit late now, but do it in December because it's hard. David Goggins does stuff just because it's hard. And that's phenomenal. And it's a habit. It's a habit. I um, eat vegan a lot of the time. I'm not a vegan, but I eat vegan a lot of the time. And a lot of the time, it's just a challenge. It's like, wow, what can I do in this scenario to be healthy? So, guys, there you have it. The five top tips from me, Frank Flegg, for your... 2022-2023 holidays. I hope you've had a fantastic 2022 and wish you all the best for 2023. Thank you for supporting the podcast. If you also watch the YouTube channel, then thank you for supporting the YouTube channel. I hope I brought you some value this year and until next time, happy investing. Sophisticated Property Investing, a podcast brought to you by Ethical Property Partners, the experts in sophisticated property investment.